Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Mario from Barberview TV. Good morning from Newark, Dirty Jersey right now. As I'm uh, in a hotel, if you can't tell by the amazing background. But we always got to make sure that we're on top of our game and we're getting the best interviews for the barber culture. We're now live on Amazon TV, Roku, Apple TV, YouTube. We're everywhere. 45 different countries, 200,000 people. Welcome. Thank you for the support. Make sure that you always click subscribe on our podcast and all of our platforms to make sure that you get the latest and greatest culture from the barber scenes. So I want to make sure that we run over those details. Got a special, special guest today joining us from the ATL Shorty. We have our man <laughs> Will Stam just opened up a amazing uh, barber academy He's been cutting hair for a long time, been grinding, man. How you doing? Tell me how you're feeling right now today, because I know you got a lot of stuff going on. What's what's popping? Um, I'm feeling great. It's been very, very busy, obviously, with the launch of the Academy on Sunday. Um, just the support of just everybody in my network has been tremendous. Um, the connections are coming through left and right. Um, opening up a school, you know, to me going through the process, it was like, all right, cool. I'm building another barbershop with a classroom and doing what I normally do. But now opening a school is opening crazy doors mm -hmm. that um, are going to be available to me for new opportunities to be able to bless even more people. So I'm super, super excited about that. Um, a lot of it I didn't even see coming. But now that, you know, the launch is here, everybody is taking that next step. Like, yo, we got to make this thing phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I posted this morning, we have 48 applications already. Our first day will actually be February 1st. We're going to start at the top of the month. And uh, it's just been phenomenal, man. It's been an amazing ride these last 15 years building um, things that could allow me the opportunity to create something like Pro Fresh Barber Academy. So, um how I'm feeling the most is just truly grateful because there's a lot of people that allowed me to stand on the strength of their shoulders to get to where I am today. And I wouldn't be where I am today without those people and the support of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to actually do the things that I'm able to do. So I feel absolutely phenomenal and my life is full. That's dope, man. Um, all things are possible for sure. Um, Tell, tell us about um, how you got into the barber game, and then we're going to segue into what motivated you to take that, that that next step, which a lot of people, there's been a lot of criticism about, oh, you know, the schools ain't teaching nobody nothing, like it's old school, but there there was a journey in there somewhere where you was like, you know what, I'm tired of the noise, let me show y'all what this is about. Tell us about your career as a barber, what got you into the game, and then we'll segue into what made you um, have, I like to say the courage, because that's a big undertaking <laughs> to, to start the barber school. Yeah, well, how I got started initially was just through misfortune. Um, growing up in a broken home, um, parents, you know, not being around, having to stay with my grandmother, um, and she was a lot older. Um, there was only so much she could teach a young man like myself. So at about 14, 15 years old, I started to grow a beard. And for Christmas one year, she bought me a pair of Remingtons out of Walmart and was like, if you're going to go out with me, you need to learn how to shave, you know, and bought me a pair of Remington clippers. And, you know, they don't even sell those no more. But 
<laughs> I was in the bathroom just trying to clean up so I could go with grandma because you know I wanted to go to the store because I was going she was going to buy me something. So yeah. um, what turned out is a Christmas gift because um, we just couldn't afford to go to the barbershop every week and you know when you're trying to look presentable for old school grandma. You got to look clean cut. She's not with all this stuff that we get to do today with these big beards and all that. So mm-hmm. um, it started there and I started lining myself up and my friends, I was in high school. They started to take notice like, yo, you went to the barbershop without me. Yo, like who lined you up? And it was funny because I was like me, I did this, you know, I, you know, lined up my sides and things like that. And they were like, man, could you do mine? And then we started the basement, you know what I mean? Not Rap City, the basement, mm-hmm. but the barbershop, <laughs> the you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I started lining up some of my homeboys, and, you know, they say the famous words, don't, you know, F me up. And um, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, if you're going to sit down, let me try. We'll see what happens. And then I started doing that, and I actually was doing a pretty good job, you know? So there was, like, through hardships, I was able to help and serve, but also hone a gift that um, I may not have realized if I didn't go through those challenges and those hardships as a youth. So I took it from there and in high school, I just wasn't very smart, right? I, um, a lot of the teachers sent me to guidance counselor office and stuff and he's acting out in class because I used to ask a lot of questions. They were like, he has problems comprehending. And I was just like, yo, I just ask questions because I'm curious, like I want to learn. So that made them think like I couldn't comprehend certain things. So I really had no support at the house and no outside of my grandmom to be able to go to college. So I just declined to take SATs because I just didn't want to be told how bad I really was. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, if I could just go to barber school, I'd rather do that. So I looked up barber school and there was only one. I'm originally from the Chester, Pennsylvania area. I lived in Claymont, Delaware, majority of my childhood. And, um, there was a barber school called Tri-City Barber School up in, in Philadelphia, Broad Negro. And I, um, so I went there um, part-time, finished in about 18 months, maybe closer to two years, and um, got my license. And then probably six months after that, I relocated to Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to get out of the environments I was in. Um, they were toxic. And I, so I left and went to Atlanta. Plus, I'm, I'm a warm weather guy, like, Take me south. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't do the cold, man. You know, people are like, why do you leave? And all that. I'm like, because I just don't do cold, man. I have no desire to go anywhere cold unless it's for a ski trip or something like that. But um, yeah. so that's pretty much how I got into it, man. That's pretty much how I got into it. So, like, um, it's it's amazing. I've interviewed tons of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a barbershop owner myself. And you hear the stories, right? And now it seems like, a lot of the people that's been in the game for a while, it's funny, I was at the gas station and someone opened up the door for me and it was like, you got it, OG. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> OG, right? But like a lot of grind and commitment and just drive comes out of those interesting spots in our childhoods where we mm-hmm. was looking for something wanted something, didn't have it. And it was kind of like, I don't want to say a I'll show you approach, but there's definitely more determination that I see that exists within people that kind of have those backgrounds versus the new generation. Because now it's crazy because 
barbering was considered to be like a last resort, like, holy shit, I got to do something. So let me pick up some clippers or mm-hmm. we bump into it by incident. It's always been there, but it's never been the primary grind. But now it just seems like a lot of kids, they're coming out the gate like, whoa, th- this is like the new wave. Let's let's hop on this. Right. So it's very weird how that's happening. But also with that, you can see the differences in the makeup and and the commitment as well. So I do see a stark difference between those two. Just Mm -hmm. wanted to point that out. So tell us about the school, man. You've been cutting for a while. What made you want Mm -hmm. to sacrifice all of the time in your life Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to do a barber school? Well, I um when I like I said when I first got to Atlanta, Georgia, I worked at a shop and I built clientele there for about two years and I got fired. And um, I just I outworked everybody. I did really, really well. And owner didn't we didn't see eye to eye. I didn't like how he was treating people. I was outspoken about it. So I got fired. Right. They put my stuff in the trash bag, sat it outside and I had to go home. My daughter was six months old. And I said, you know what? I'll never work for nobody ever again in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to build a barbershop that treats people the right way. And give them a place where they can grow and develop and ultimately enter into financial uh enter into financial freedom by owning their own business and things like that so once mm-hmm. i did that i started my first shop about two months after i got fired i just was like yo pushed all the chips to the table was like i'm betting on it i just i'm not going through that no more and um as i started hiring barbers right some a lot of them came with baggage so i was like all right i don't want these Barbers have been to 15 shops and just cutting 25 years, never got it right. Because all they do is bring toxic habits and create toxic culture. And then you're always having to babysit them. It, it felt like a uh, an adult daycare center. So then I said, okay, mm-hmm. why don't I just go get the fresh, hungry, aspiring barbers out of school? So I went and started um, talking to barbers and recruiting them. But when they got to my shop, what I realized is they don't know how to cut. They don't know anything about being professional. So my name and reputation was on the line. It took one person to leave me a Google review that said they got a bad haircut at my business for me to take ownership of everything that happened in my business. My reputation means a lot to me. So I started teaching them how to cut. And because of that hardship, once again, with struggles of hiring barbers and also having, you know, high quality barbers and and customers being unhappy, right? Those challenges, I discovered a natural ability to teach by just trying to save my own reputation, right? Selfish act, right? But was helping people. So it was, it, it was worth it. But then I discovered that I may have an ability to do this. How did I figure that out? The people I were teaching was like, yo, you should teach. You made that really simple for me. I never heard it put like that. I created a YouTube video just so I wouldn't have to teach every barber that come in. I'm like, hey, watch this. Here's some fundamentals, right? And I put that on on YouTube about 10 years ago. And uh, it got hundreds of thousands of views. And people were like, well, man, it's great. It's phenomenal, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, wow, that was confirmation. So I then went to barber school to get my instructor license. Um, I was an early bird. I was 6 a.m. to 7 o'clock at night. But from 10 to 2, I left and sacrificed my early weekdays to go to barber school, eventually got my instructor license. All this happened once I got my shop and I was in Atlanta. And then um, that school closed down. So I was like, man, I was like, all right, 
I was looking around at schools and I was like, let me go teach part time because I always wanted to mm-hmm. own that teaching skill. Like teaching is a skill. It's developed. Um, people just don't. Oh, I know how to do it. So I'm going to show you. If you have ever had somebody teach you things they know it all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. um, I had to hone that. And um, I went and worked at these schools. And the moment I step in day one in the classroom. And I went to schools where a lot of the um, community of students didn't necessarily look like me. So it was challenging at first. And they were like, man, what is this dude doing here? What is he doing here? And I was just like, hey, listen, I don't want to say anything about myself. I want to know what you're frustrated about. And they gave me a laundry list of stuff. My hours ain't getting calculated. It's no light in here. These instructors don't know what they're doing. They gave me all this stuff. And I said, okay. Well, I think we'll be able to get along because I can fix all of that. Right. So I started with getting them their credits and all that stuff. And I and they grew a liking to me because I focused on their needs instead of my own. Developed skills, teaching, learning the information. And then I said, you know what? I'm tired of working at schools, being paid like I work at McDonald's and helping these people and these owners who aren't necessarily in our field, no disrespect to them, but they're not in our industry. Sit back and collect all the checks and pay us pennies. So I said, mm-hmm. you know what? These student kits they're getting, all this stuff is janky. It's not updated. So I said, you know what? Instead of me complaining about it, I'm going to fix it. So then I had to go home to my vision board and say, okay, how are you going to fix it? So I built multiple mm-hmm. barbershops and got into real estate to create me some passive income streams. So I knew all of this plan this entire time was to create passive income streams so I could walk away from a six-figure income behind a chair to go build a dream that will ultimately outlive me and serve somebody else. That's dope. So question for you, um, and, and thanks for sharing that, that, that story. In regards to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call it this way. And I hope no one really who has a barber, who owns a barber academy, mm-hmm. I'm going to call you a, the legacy academies, right? <laughs> that, that was started from, that started from kind of like what they thought barbering was to where it is now. You highlighted some interesting points about, kind of like it's more of like a check in the box here's your kid get your hours give me that bread get out right Mm -hmm. do you think they're gonna take a step back and be like yo i got like one student up in here and i got the i got like like the capabilities of having like a hundred students do you think there's gonna be any any motivation to correct that to where the industry as a whole can be aligned and the service is consistent? Or do you think there's always going to be like a good, better and best type of school for people to get into? Because you're seeing that now. You have a mm-hmm. lot of people that's in your circle that's like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his success. I'm look, looking at his grind. He aligns with what I want. Mm-hmm. Is there any any shot? Because those are the apples. And they're not bad apples. They're just legacy Per se, mm-hmm. they're doing things the old mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, is there in any any way to change that, or, or we we just have to create that divide of good, better, and best um, as far as well, goals? Here's what I will say, right? Every industry, in my opinion, will only go as far as the leaders take it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have people in our industry who are quality leaders, and they're finally getting to make their imprint. 
I think you will start to see change because I think a rising tide can raise all ships. And I was told a long time ago, and it stands with me still to this day, when you raise the bar, you attract the winners and you lose the losers. So I just want to be another pillar in that that says I'm willing to come on board and help raise this bar so we can attract more winners and give them hope. And I'll tell you somebody who did that for me is the gentleman, Tyree Jackson. I went to that guy's school and I saw his vision. I talked to him. He's always shared knowledgeable information. I never knew the dude. We met through social media. I took one of his classes and he he called on me and was like, Will, just random, was like, do this. And I did it. And he was like, man, that's awesome. Great, great job. And we've kind of connected from there. And um, I've seen him at shows and different things. And I just told him every time I ran into him, was like, hey, man, you're an inspiration to me because I like the way he handles his business. I've been to his school. It's 30 minutes from where I grew up. And I was like, when I open a school, I'm going to build it similar to this. And I'll make sure I give you your flowers. You know what I'm saying? Because and we've talked and we've kind of shared wits and he just he's always looking for that next leader to help him create the change that he desires. And I told him I would, I, I want to run right along with him and, and do that even in my own right. So we talk, you know I mean? Pretty often, but um, to me, and there may be a school that, you know, is better than the one that he's created, but he's a very, very good quality uh, standard as far as what barber school should look like. And I plan to help develop that same kind of environment and culture here in the South as he does up there in Lancaster, PA. That's dope. Shouts out to Tyreek. Uh, in fact, I was at Tyreek's uh, school yesterday. I was presenting him uh, one of our huge movie posters. We created a documentary together called New School, a Tyreek Jackson story. Check it out on all streaming platforms. Uh, it's truly a testament to from start to finish on mm-hmm. on how a barber school is um is uh should be right mm-hmm. and uh shouts out to him and also he's gonna be uh on our tv network every tuesday with tyree talks tuesday coming mm-hmm. over to barberview tv on the podcast and on the live stream so shouts out to tyreek interesting um some people come in our lives and they have that amazing impact or mm-hmm. we align together to where we're like yo we have the same interest um mm-hmm. so thanks for sharing that in regards to the barber scene in the a man there's a mm-hmm. lot of people moving to atlanta I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're tired of paying eight dollars for gas in California or paying eight hundred thousand for for a house somewhere, right? right? What is the scene like? Because it seems like there's a lot of barbers out mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of style. There's just a lot of activity going on there. Talk to us about the scene out there, as far as the barber uh, scene is concerned. Um, I think we have a lot of high end talent in Atlanta, Georgia. Some discovered, some undiscovered. Um. There's tons of them that do well, you know, on social media. Some do well, like in real life. Um, Some, you know, are still trying to figure it out. Uh, But there's tremendous talent in this city. I just wish that we could collaborate more um, and put the egos to side a little bit more than what I've seen. Um, And that's no knock on anybody. We all have to go do that internal search and ask ourselves what's more important, you know, making a difference in people's lives or our own brand, which one is it? Um, 
And to me, I, I, you know, I've always been a person that's like, I'm, I'm open door policy. I don't, I don't duck no phone calls. I don't, you know, I always answer and I always show up, you know, and anybody who knows me knows that. And I just think if we could collaborate more and actually deliver on the value that people need and deserve, I think we could go a lot further and I plan on being one of the staples to push that message and that culture forward. That's dope. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of activity out there. And Atlanta, uh, how does Atlanta rank in regards to the entire bar barber scene? Because, you know, you like you said, you you came from the East Coast. You already know, man, like the style, mm-hmm. the the pressure, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the the competition is crazy. Is Atlanta just so big to where you don't mm-hmm. really see that that same because it's kind of like spread out tremendously and mm-hmm. uh, shouts out to usher i think he's from alpha radio something like that mm-hmm. and someone was like that's not atlanta <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like yeah, the yeah. burbs right Alpharetta, but like yeah. I, I mean it's like atlanta <laughs> yeah, yeah. In its city itself is dope a lot of the talent don't necessarily live in an atlanta zip code you mm, know yeah yeah be smyrna Douglasville, Kennesaw, Alpharetta, um, Marietta, Buckhead, Marietta, Southside, Southlake, Jonesboro, um, Decatur, Lathonia. Like there, there are people who have talent out here. It's, it's amazing to see. Um, So it's all over, but they don't necessarily live in the zip code per se. But if mm-hmm. all of that is 15, 20 minutes from the A. So you you get here, you get on the highway, you're there in 30 minutes. It's no big deal. Um, as far as like ranking across the United States and stuff, I, I would put Atlanta probably top three, four. Wow. Um, and I mean, I don't necessarily have anything super strong to base that off of. My heart will always be in the, the Philadelphia culture as far as barbering, because that's where I learned a lot from. And I know some dudes up there that have just have been pioneers in our industry and have developed. And it's been that way since I can remember. And I just ain't seen nothing close to that from a culture and skill set perspective. I realize there's some really good ones in California, some really good ones in Florida. So even Texas. So I would at Chicago, I, I would I would go those five and Atlanta is easily in that for sure. No doubt about it. Wow, that that that's a very strong statement because you already know, man, there's there's a lot of people that uh <laughs> that feel strongly about uh there but but you have a good perspective because you've come from the east, you've went to the mm-hmm. south, and a mm-hmm. lot of people come to the south from all of mm-hmm. those areas too. So um but in Philly, uh shout out to my man Fresh Tabari, he was telling me like he's in Philly and just the competition is crazy, like um, there's nothing like that Philadelphia. And I lived in Philly for a year when I was doing some filming out there. Mm-hmm. And it 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 is, I mean, everyone is super duper consistent. They put down mm-hmm. the best. Shouts out to my man, Fahim the Barber, the super, super OG out there. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's just crazy out there. And I love it because it shows you you can't yeah. sleep. You can't you can't slouch. You have to be on your A game the entire time. So, yo, man, the, the Barber Academy is here. I'm super <laughs> stoked that you got all of those applicants 
coming in. That that means you're doing something absolutely right. Uh, Mm -hmm. What are some of the goals for your school in 2023 that you're trying to accomplish? Well, I want to I want to have it at capacity and I just want to make sure that barbers understand business before they graduate. Um, We're going to teach you the technical skills. We're going to build those skill sets. But I don't want you to be foolish. Like my ultimate mission is to raise barbers upright and have them enter into ownership and retire financially free. I feel like you can see the best in people once they can get the money monster out the way. And you have to have a sense of financial literacy and you have to have a sense of how to handle business to be able to do that if you're going to be a barber. Um, And those are my main goals to technical training, business education, financial IQ, um, and and, and leadership as well. Because I just believe leadership and character, personal development, are irreplaceable when it comes to how you're going to succeed in life no matter what you do. Uh, And all of those things, I went and got certified. Because like I said, I've been baking this school for 15 years. I knew I was going to be a teacher. So I went and studied personality types, learning styles, leadership development certifications, because I knew I was going to have to manage a classroom and different personalities and be able to teach not just the way I learn, but the way everyone in the classroom learns. I had to go, you know, get myself out of debt and get quality financial habits and learn how to invest in passive income streams just to set myself up to be able to take this chance at building a school and creating opportunity for other people. So all of the steps along the way all played a part in ultimate vision. I know people are like, yo, you got to speak it to existence. It comes with work. (laughs) You can't just say it. You Mm -hmm. have to sacrifice for it. And, um, and I, I just, I took the long way. It took me 15 years to get to this point and it doesn't feel long in this moment. But if I told a person, they said, well, well, I want to do what you do. And I said, okay, well, cool. Sacrifice like this for 15 years. People wouldn't sign up for that. You feel what I'm saying? (laughs) For sure. I don't even know if I would have told me it would take this long. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, I tell entrepreneurs all the time, man, all you need to know is 50 to 70%. The rest of it, you'll figure it out as you go. And you'll always reinvent and always redevelop and always try to improve and be a disruptor in your industry. And that's, exactly what I want to teach the next generation of talent. I want to give them a core foundation to succeed. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of the, 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 the new school uh, barbers that are kind of on the outside, look, look, looking in, you can't take shortcuts to be successful. It's just, it's not going to happen uh, to to your point, 15 years you had to grind and who's going to sign up for that to say, Oh, I'm going to work 16 hours a day and be away from my family. And I may make, um, I, I may have a lot of struggles that I don't want to sign up for, but a lot of people, they're they're trying to cut straight to the finish line. It doesn't work that way because you have to, as, as I tell people, you got to touch the bottom of the pool sometimes to know that, that you don't want to feel a specific way. And once you do that, then you know when you start to slip, wait a minute, I'm slipping. I don't want to get down that path. So um, so that's 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 what keeps you grinding all the time. In regards to... Um, 
in regards to the students that you're seeing now, uh, what type of mix uh, are, are you getting? Is it a specific age, a specific demo, or is just everybody's like, I got to get on this on this barber wave because mm-hmm. I feel it's becoming to be like, you guys are like rock stars now. Like you, mm-hmm. you were going, and I, I said this before one of my podcasts. You guys are you guys are going through what chefs went through. Chefs mm-hmm. was always in the back of the kitchen cooking, mm-hmm. grinding. You never saw a face, and now everyone's face forward, saying, "This is what I did. This is my art." So, mm-hmm. uh, talk to me a little bit about just the demo that's coming through your doors at the school and at the at your barbershops. Yeah. Um. Now. Um, especially at the school, man, with so many applicants and stuff, the ones I have met so far, I haven't seen the same type of person twice yet. It's wow. been amazing. I'm, I, the, the location that we picked that was just, it couldn't have been nobody but God, man. All of my locations for all of my shops have always been with inside of one mile from the exit, any major exit, and in plazas and things like that. It just... God got his hand on my life. I can't necessarily describe it or explain it. It just is what it is. But with the students that come in, I had a 16-year-old Spanish girl come in the other day. She, I had to tell her she wasn't old enough to come yet. She <laughs> wanted to learn barbering. I have Caucasian males come in. I've had Caucasian women come in. I've had African-American males and women come in. All different age groups, 21, 36, 45. Um, I've had... Um, Spanish people that do not speak English come in. I've had um, Venezuelan come in, like I like to attend school. Like sometimes, like as we were finishing off getting the licenses and build outs and waiting for inspectors and stuff to come through, I would just be sitting up there, and they would walk up, not even open yet. Like, hey, I want to enroll in school. Didn't never been to the website, didn't even know it exists. Just walking by, driving by. So um, I'm just excited about the diversity. And the people we're going to be able to impact, man, it's going to be absolutely tremendous. We are literally just getting started on the potential of something. I don't even think I have an idea of how big this thing is going to be. That's dope. So I was looking at some of your your stuff that you was posting about uh, your opening, lots of Mm -hmm. love. Were you able to take a step back? I think sometimes we spend, even I have, haven't had a chance to take a step back and be like, wow, look look what I have done. Have you taken the opportunity to take a step back and be like, man, look look at look at all this that I've created. Like, mm-hmm. have you had that mom- moment yet? Or are you just head down, just grinding yeah, straight ahead? I, I am just head down, grinding straight ahead. I don't mm-hmm. think I've, I have a problem with doing that because I just feel at times there's so much work to do. And um, my wife, she helps me, you know, take steps back at times and, hey man, let's just go chill and enjoy this. And I do that. But as far as my own time to just sit back and take a moment, I, I, I'm just engulfed in the work. Somebody's calling, somebody needs this, somebody needs that. And although it can be hard at times, I, I I hope and feel that one day I'll be able to sit back and be like, man, this was all worth it. I haven't gotten to that point yet, though. I haven't not gotten to that mm-hmm. point. That's dope. Well, make sure you take time for yourself, man, because I'm telling you, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing 20 day work weeks right now. Uh, 20 a day work weeks. I'm like to 100 plus hours 
a day. But I think when you start to build your foundation, mm-hmm. you you know, and you, you can take a step back, then I, I think that time's going to come. But to your point, when you're trying to build it right and set the template and get the momentum going, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of groundwork and uh, that some may not be willing to sign up for, which you know, to teach his own, right? So mm-hmm. that that just comes with the territory of what you do. Man, it's it's been a pleasure chopping up with you. You are definitely an inspiration to a lot of people on um, just how you're doing it and how you're moving. And it's a testament as you were going into like all of the different people from Walks of Life coming into that shop, not, not even knowing what the hell is going on. All they want to do is they know they have to be part of it. So, yo, mm-hmm. how could I be part of this? So tell us where we can find you on social media, your school, your barber shops, the mm-hmm. whole nine. Give it to us, please. Got you. So for me, I'm a majority of the time on Instagram. <laughs> But you can find me personally at Will Stam, my first and last name. And then my barbershops, you can find us at, at Pro Fresh Cuts. And then at the barber school, you can find us at, at Pro Fresh Barber Academy. All on Instagram, all on Facebook. Those two are my main areas. Um, I probably will eventually engage in TikTok, but I just don't have enough time for all of it. <laughs> you know, but I definitely got to get on there. Um, my website, willstam.com. The barbershop website, professional cuts, professionalcuts.com, and uh, the barber academy is professionalbarberacademy.com. Um, so those are our areas where we are, and um, we'll be looking forward to you know serving, continuing to serve, and also just helping people take that next step if they're willing to make the commitment. That's dope. So for those that are watching this today, man, if if you really want to go from the garage barber to be a legit barber, this is how you do it. This is how you unlock your potential. This is how you invest in the in the culture, make it the, the standard and highly just high bar of professionalism that barbers should have on the come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, invest in yourself. And, uh, you know, we'll have something amazing out there in the Atlanta area that I think everyone should, should take a part of. Don't wait for the last moment. Do it now. Cause trust me, when you wait the last moment and you do it, you're going to be like, man, I should have did this so long ago because I love it. And now, you know, you, you just got to grind harder to, to get to where you want. So everyone take advantage of this amazing opportunity. Um, at, at the Pro Fresh Barber Academy. It's in your backyard. No excuses now. It's driving distance wherever you go. So please take advantage of what Will has provided. Will, thank you so much, man, for your time. Thank um, you, man. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Um, everyone, make sure to check out my man and 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 bless him and and um, continue to inspire all the barbers in the, in the A and even around the world to raise that bar. This is Mario with Will. Peace out, everybody. Peace.